My name is Richard. So what else do you need to know? Stuff about my family or where I'm from? None of that matters. Not once you cross the ocean and cut yourself loose, looking for something more beautiful, something more exciting. And yes, I admit, something more dangerous. So after 18 hours in the back of an airplane, three dumb movies, two plastic meals, six beers, and absolutely no sleep, I finally touched down hey, you, how about you? in Bangkok. So I want to go to the waterfall. Come on, floating market, 1,500. Cheap for you, come on. Hey, hey, you need somewhere to stay? Well, I'll be fine. I'll find my own place, thanks. There you are, man. And this is it. Bangkok, good time city. Gateway to Southeast Asia where dollars and Deutsche Marks get turned into counterfeit watches and genuine scars. This is where the hungry come to feed. You wanna drink snake blood? Wait a minute. Did you say snake blood? Oh yeah. No thanks. What is wrong with snake blood? I just don't like the idea. Well maybe you're scared? Afraid of something new? No, I just don't like the idea, that's all. <laughs> like every tourist, you want it all to be safe, just like America. So never refuse an invitation. Never resist the unfamiliar. Failed to be polite. Gentlemen, that was excellent. I never outstay your welcome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of Second Chance Cinema. I am one of your hosts, the less good looking one, oh, MC. Thank you. I am Spro, the less creative one. I uh, disagree. Disagree <laughs> on all fronts. An interesting episode today. Interesting because this is a movie that I had never seen, kind of forgot about, and that's kind of the, the gist of the show, is sort of like a movie that you forgot about or you maybe saw amidst terrible hype and were like, oh, that movie sucked. But then you watch it again, and you're like, wow, that was actually not bad, and in some instances, pretty good. Yeah, almost like before its time. Right, and yeah. And this was, I, I fell in love with this movie as soon as it came out. So did you see this in the theater? I did. I saw it with a friend, Natalie, okay. who wanted me to escape relationship trauma Shout in out. high school. Yep. Um, yeah, and so pretty much watching it again last night, relived relationship trauma. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Man, this movie just gets to me. <clears throat> it's weird how, and I hate that. I've, I've gotten better at that, but it sucks how, like, you'll be with... And this this probably isn't the same sort of experience, but you're you'll be with someone that you like and care about, and you want to share things with them. Mm-hmm. So you share like your favorite movie and your favorite song and all that, and you're like, "Oh, I love this. I'm passionate about this." And then if something goes south, there's sort of a stain on that <laughs> song or movie. That's happened to me a bunch. I've gotten. I mean, I'm not nearly in the same situation right now, but I remember a couple songs and a couple movies that I couldn't watch for a while and that really pissed me off. And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm not the one who sucks here. Right. 
That well, movie's awesome. I've got no reason not to. And we'll get into it, but I mean, like, this movie is all about escape, you yep. know, and escapism and getting away from it all and going to things that are untainted and whatnot. Right. So, even then, even in high school, when, you know... What year was this? 96? This was 2000. Oh, it was? Yeah. We were seniors, and this was, it was like spring of 2000. Okay. So, what year was Titanic? 98? 96? I feel like it was 96 and it was still in theaters in 98. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Because I it was thought, in theaters for like... Didn't they make a big deal? Wasn't this his first movie after Titanic? It was. Okay, so they, that's why they made a big deal about it. And he was supposed to be... Oh, man, what did I read? He was... Oh, American Psycho. Oh, really? He was supposed to be American Psycho. He wanted too much for that movie, and so they snagged him for the beach. Uh, he would have been good, Patrick Bateman, but... I Titanic mean, was 97. It's kind of like Zac Efron going to be Ted Bundy. I'm like psyched to see that. Yeah. Um, but Titanic was 97. This was 2000. Okay. This was his first movie after that. So the Ted Bundy thing is a little bit... That's that's kind of everywhere because of the Netflix stuff, mm-hmm. right? And everybody... I've, I've seen a lot of posts on Instagram and stuff that are like, stop romanticizing serial killers and painting them out to be like heartthrobs and charming guys. And on one hand, I get it, like glamorizing that stuff. But on the other hand, a lot of them are. Like right. a lot of them are charming guys and that's how they get you. Right. So it's kind of like... Well, and that was like the main crux of Ted Bunny was he right. looks so regular. Right. Like yeah. he's just a nice, charming, good looking guy. And I mean, a guy with his... Like to kill well, a guy with his MO to capture and torture and kill, you know, women, like mm. that was his... That was his his game. That was his gimmick. Like he was a good looking, like articulate... I mean, you watch those tapes and it's like him himself. Like he was like a good looking articulate guy like i probably would have gone with him okay if he wanted to hang out yeah you know maybe so i don't know that just kind of it was it was amazing <laughs> how the rage spiked right after that that netflix show was was popular a couple weeks ago right it was amazing how the rage just spiked of like we can't we can't romanticize these serial killers and, and all both that. sides are right you know like i when i don't know what tangent we're going off of right yeah. now but in the same instance like i completely agree when like school shooters or whatnot we put them on the cover of people and you know mm-hmm. like that's not necessarily helping our cause of keeping everything on the back burner and making sure that people don't want to do this when we give them fame and notoriety. Right. It doesn't help. Nope. <clears throat> so, the tangent we got off on was because of Patrick Bateman, serial killers, Leonardo Leo, DiCaprio, yep. and he is the star of the movie that we're talking about today, which is... The Beach, so which go- is my guiltiest pleasure. Because okay. usually when I tell people, man, I, I love The Beach, they're like, really? That Leo DiCaprio film? And most of them haven't seen it. Right. But they just know that people have poo-pooed it right and not to i mean we usually do the critics at the end but the reason why the critics did not like the movie is because they liked the book so much i went through all the reviews and everybody said well the book had more depth and oh i wasn't even aware there was a book oh um it's actually so danny boyle the director Mm -hmm. um who also does train spotting he was supposed to be doing the new bond but he he got dropped from the project he always works with two writers, one of them John Hodge and one of them Alex Garland. Alex Garland wrote the novel, so John Hodge adapted it into a screenplay and Danny Boyle directed the movie. Okay. It wasn't like Alex Garland, the, the writer of the novel, wasn't involved in this project, you know? But a movie is going to lose some of the the depth of the book because with a book, you know, it's no holds barred. Yeah, I just kind of, I, I often just make that the wanking motion when it comes to, the book was better. Because <laughs> right. like... 
shut up. And that's <laughs> literally what all the reviews said. Yeah. You know, if, if you want to experience the beach, read the book. If you want to experience the beach in two hours, see the movie. Because the book is going to take you longer than two hours. That's fair. That's fair. So you said this is your guiltiest pleasure movie. Why? I think so. Why is that? I don't know if it would be my guiltiest pleasure movie. That's actually a pretty good list to put together. What are my guilty pleasure movies? My top five. But it's in the top five. So you feel fiercely loyal to it, it sounds like. I do. Okay. I had the soundtrack. The soundtrack, you know, kept me company when Cars had CD players and I was going back and forth from OU. I can't believe Cars don't have CD (laughs) players anymore. It makes me so sad. I think this might have been, I was putting in the cassette tape with the wire that oh, went to yeah. my disc man. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, the cassette tape adapter. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Because with, I had And you had to get the 30-second ESP shock protection mm-hmm. so that when you hit a bump. Oh, my man. gosh, yeah. And then, like, the eject button for the cassette was, like, this big, hard button that you had to push in because you were manually ejecting it. Right. You weren't just, you mm-hmm. know, there wasn't some electronics inside that was... Those oh. were the days. Those were the days. <laughs> yep, 96 Ford Escort. Wow. Okay, so before we get into this, let's uh, let's do what we do here. We're going to play the trailer, and as we do, we're going to write. We're going to each write a uh, some sort of a poem. I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet, but we're going to each just each each write some sort of a uh, semi-traditional poem to express our experience with this film. Gotcha. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, here's the trailer for 2000. 2000's The Beach. tries to do something different, but they always wind up doing the same damn thing. Do you believe in my place? I guess you're going to tell me that I should, right? Oh, that's kind of weird how it fades out like that. I was expecting more of, I mean, I guess a lot of the movies you do here are like, dun, 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 <laughs> summer, 1996. Yeah, that was... That was very um, subversive. It was. I was kind of like the movie, if you want to yeah. throw it out there. Okay, well, you <clears throat> go ahead and read yours, because I haven't finished mine yet. <laughs> I did a haiku. <laughs> so did I, and I'm really stuck. Um, I tried to do one of those, what is it called when you take, so I put the beach vertically, T-H-E. Oh, an acrostic? Is that what it's called? And then you use the first letter to... An acrostic, yeah. Nice. Pretty sure that's what it's called. I started that, and then I was like, I don't have time to figure out what I'm going to use for A. <laughs> that's a good idea for the next, That's uh, that's a good form of poetry we can examine next time i put travel here everyone buddies except and then i couldn't go on with it with a everyone buddies except yeah that's a that's a that's a challenge for another day (laughs) okay so then my haiku is the beach is pristine francois takes pictures of stars leo goes crazy okay 
I'm finishing mine up right now. Scribble, scribble. Put in like little pencil. I will. <clears throat> <laughs> like the noises from um, Stan. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Richard was a dick. He found a map to the beach, not a Baywatch film. <laughs> That's what I came up with. Nice. So, I said before that this was not what I was expecting. And the reason is I was expecting something completely, not completely, but much more supernatural in nature. Like, I thought for whatever reason. Like Lost? Kind of, yeah. Like, when I, I remember this movie, I, I remember this movie being out and I just kind of had no interest in it. And I just remember feeling like, oh, there's going to be a like a force on the island or like creatures or something like that. And I was expecting like something like that. And it turns out to just, I mean, not just, but it turns out instead to be a you know more of a critique on human nature and and society and infrastructure and all that kind of stuff which was it was good it was great it just wasn't what i expected right and it, you know <laughs> what it wasn't marketed towards you no like it was marketed toward the preteen girls who were just getting off the titanic craze and wanted right. to see leo wa- walk around without his shirt for pretty much the entire street movie. fighter was marketed toward me <clears throat> yeah and that did a wonderful <laughs> job <laughs> That said, the movie starts out with Richard, our protagonist, and he's, you don't really get a ton of his backstory, if I remember. Which I like, you get none. Right. So he's just in... And he like, tells you, you're not going, he goes, my name's Richard, That's what else all you, do you need to know, yeah, right. Like, and he's just sort of like a vagabond traveler, you get the sense that he's... You know, just kind of, I guess just based on his appearance, you get the sense that he's like, you know, from a middle class or like upper Mm -hmm. class kind of background. And he, where does he start in Thailand or Bangkok, Bangkok, Thailand? So, and then he's in, um, which apparently Bangkok is like where you go when you're, it's like the gateways to Asia, you know, like you go to Bangkok first because everybody flies in there and then, then you decide where you want to go from there. Oh, okay. I didn't Um, know that. It's kind of like the New York City of Asia. Oh, interesting. So you do. So he does. So he's he's there, and he he meets a few fellow scoundrels. He drinks some snake. What was it? Snake blood or snake blood? Snake blood. And then he goes back to his hostel. Is that a hostel? I don't remember exactly. I mean, it wasn't a hotel, I don't think, but it was like a. Well, it could be like a lodging or dorm Thailand or something like hotel. that. Yeah, maybe I, know, like I guess cockroach, cockroaches under the bed. Because I'm always like, ooh, I, you know, I totally would want to just travel and everything like that. But if I look underneath the bed and the cockroaches aren't even scared of me, like, I think I would have issues sleeping there that night. Don't move to New York. Really? <laughs> I mean, not probably that dramatic, but I've definitely seen a few cockroaches. We never had cockroaches in LA. No? Um, we had one in Lakewood. Cockroaches are more hipster. They live in New York, I think. <laughs> so, anyway, so he meets this Scottish guy who's... Robert Carlyle. Borderline crazy, I think. Maybe not even borderline, just sort of eccentric. Yeah. Eccentric. Daffy. That was his name, right? Mm-hmm. Daffy. That's what they called him. Oh, okay. Because yeah. the other guy was Bugs. So I guess they had Monica. Oh, yeah. Okay. Reasons. I didn't. Uh, he was so like acting crazy that I thought Daffy was just like, oh, Daffy bastard. <laughs> but no, he's okay. That makes sense. <laughs> Daffy bastard. Daffy bastard. Okay. So meets him and they interact. And then there's a um, transfer of this map, which mm-hmm. is sort of where we start. Yep. It was a beach. You understand? A beach. It's too beautiful, too much input, too much sensation. I, I tried to keep it under control, but it just keeps spilling it, spilling it, spilling it. You see, um, she's on an island. And the island is, is perfect. I mean, I mean, real perfection here. I, I'm not just talking about, oh, that's nice. 
It's a real fucking deal, okay? Perfect. It sits like a a lagoon, you know, a tidal lagoon. It sits sealed in the cliffs. Totally fucking secret, totally fucking forbidden. And nobody can ever, 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 ever go there. Ever. But a few people went once upon a time. Men and women with ideals. You understand? I'm not just talking about the usual travelling fucking wanks. Do you believe in that place? Hmm. But I guess you're going to tell me that I should, right? fucking matter what I think anyway. That's up to you. Ideals, eh? We were just fucking parasites! The big chunky Charlie! So take it from there, what happened? Well there there's four main characters pretty much that you start off with. You have uh and Leo sleeps between them. So you have Daffy on his left, and then you have Francois and Etienne on his right. Who are French who are French lovers. Yeah. They're who a couple there. Also are very clean living in this very right. dirty right. hostile hotel thing. And so you immediately see that Leo has a thing for Francois and and Etienne? Etienne? I'm going to mispronounce his name the entire time, probably. Uh, Etienne. Uh, yeah. Etienne? Um, you can call him Eddie if you want. That's probably the <laughs> French equivalent. So he, and he looks like a nice fella. And so everybody's tired of Daffy's bullshit because he just, he gets really drunk and he screams throughout the night. So he makes friends with Leo over a joint. There's mm-hmm. a lot of joint smoking in this movie. It's probably mm-hmm. rated R. And then the, he transfers the map. And so then Leo goes, oh, I want to go to this beach. Well, first... Daffy commits suicide once he gets rid of the map. Right. And I would say he doesn't even commit suicide. Like, he butchers himself. There's blood all over that room. Like, I think I think that's... I think you could justify saying he murdered himself. How did he <clears throat> kill himself? I don't remember. With a blade. And he just, like, slit his throat or bled himself out? They or? say he slit his wrist. But, I mean, like, he slit his wrist and then, you know, did the sprinkler dance or something like that. Because there was, like, blood all over the walls. Yeah, okay. I recall that now. Um, and then he's on the side of the bed. So Leo's like, okay, I want to go to the speech, but I don't want to go to go alone. Uh-huh. And this is the first question of his morals and his motives is he goes to Francois and Etienne. Etienne. Etienne eh. it's, um, okay. it's okay. We'll get through it. <laughs> he, uh, he goes to them to see if they want to go to the beach with him. Right. Now, does Leo ask them to go to the beach with him because he wants Francois or because he wants company is the first question of his motives. I didn't even consider that, but I would have to say because he wants um, Francois. I think he... They don't paint him as like a bad guy, like a... Like a snake in the grass kind of, you know, archetype. But right. it's clear that he's very cunning. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's been able to navigate Thailand and stuff all by himself um, for however long. So I think that that's, it's probably, um, I, I just assume that he just wanted to get with her. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of my, cool. th- that's where I got. So they, so he convinces them to go to the beach and then it's ATN that knows kind of how to maneuver Asia and he gets them all to an island that's about two kilometers away for in 24 hours for 500 baht, which apparently is the money there. And so then they decide that they are going to have to swim across 
to get to the beach that's on the map. This beach that oh, right. okay. um, was described as something that, you know, tourists aren't at. Tourists haven't ruined. It's the best beach in the world. And then on this island is more pot than a person can smoke in their lifetime. Right. Which, okay. And he finds that out when he locks himself out of a cabin and two (laughs) surfer dudes go, hey, you know, you want to hear an urban myth about a beach? And Leo Leo with a map in his pocket knows exactly what they're talking about. So, okay. So the beach, so people know about the beach. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a legend. It's an urban legend. People know about the beach in that way. And so, and so Leonardo DiCaprio's character now has what he believes is access to this beach. Right. Now, I know it wasn't a part of the plan, but I made a decision to leave a copy of the map. I'm not going to say it was the best decision I ever made. I told myself that spreading news was a part of a traveler's nature. But if I was being completely honest, I was just like everybody else. Shit scared of the great unknown. Desperate to take a little piece of home with me. So he leaves a map that he copies. Uh-huh. And this is pretty much, this is the beginning of his downfall, which uh-huh. you don't know until the end of the movie. Right. But um, he leaves a copy of the map for these surfer dudes. Right. And then they begin their swim across. So they swim across. And in the process, they, was there, oh, there was no shark attack there. It, no. was, it was a fake thing? Or, <laughs> yeah, or, they faked him out. Was it a hallucination or was it them just messing around? That was them just messing, messing around. around. Okay. Which I think is funny because when Etienne thinks that he loses his girlfriend to a shark, or he doesn't even think it because he's pretending that he lost his girlfriend so she could swim all the way down and scare Leo. Right. But his acting that he's afraid of a shark was to raise his feet and toes out of the water. <laughs> I don't remember that. Did he really? If, yeah. If you watch it again, like he raises his feet out of the water. So well, like he can, oh, it's just funny. Uh, he seems like more of a um, navigator than a, than an actor. So it is a very cruel joke. Like, I don't think I could swim that when yeah, they were looking at that distance. That, I mean, because they played it off pretty well. Like I, I was, I was genuinely wondering like, oh, wow, are they going to kill one of these people <laughs> off already? But yeah, so, so they, they fake the shark attack. And they wind up on the beach. Mm. And then that's when we get our first glimpse of the, what would you call them? A cartel? Yeah. Like Cartel's a, a good one. Cartel. Yeah. Who... Taiwanese cartel. Or who cartel. live on this beach and there's just this giant, like, almost comedic field of marijuana that they've they've grown there. And they're patrolling it with guns and... and monkeys. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Scout monkeys, which were pretty sweet. And um, so, yeah, they're patrolling it with, with, uh, with guns. It's obvious that there's, like, a militant force somewhere on the island. Mm. And so, that I thought that was cool because you're kind of like, wait a minute. Like, this doesn't... You know, so there, there's... Like, you wonder what the, not the draw, but you wonder, like, where the legend of the island comes from. Like, what would make people, not what would make people want to go there, but, like, what would be lost in the translation from militant drug (laughs) island to, like, island paradise. Right. But they escape the clutches, I suppose, of the, well, not the clutches, because they didn't catch them. They just escape being seen by the drug cartel, right? And then they, this is what I kind of forget. Do they stumble upon the community or do they? No. So they get to the cliff's edge and they feel like they oh, can't right, go right, anymore. Oh, right, 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 um, right. And that's when Francois is like, we jump. Right. And then she jumps. Hey, we jump. <laughs> and she survives. And so they all jump and they're all really happy about that. And that's when, uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, that's right. I forget his name Creasy too. Creasy or something like that. He goes, oh, good job. That took me better part of an hour to do that. Yeah. Of course, I was alone. 
and then he uh, he takes them back to the the camp. So he's kind of um, like observing from the side and Kitty, Kitty. Okay, yeah. So he's kind of observing and sees them frolicking and and comes to like sort of invite them to his what we learn is his community of I don't know what you even call them. They're not really hippies. They're just like. What would you call them? Why wouldn't you call them hippies? Maybe I guess you would. I guess. Yeah, I guess you would call them hippies. <laughs> hippies is good. Okay. So um, his community of hippies led by... Tilda Swinton? Tilda Swinton, yep. The one rule about the island is the cartel and the hippies can live on the same island. The mm. cartel just made up the one rule. Nobody else can come. So, right. So that's kind of the... And I thought that was interesting. Like the cartel basically allows these hippies to live on the island, but they have to keep quiet about it. Gives the cartel a little bit of a heart. You know? I mean, like, because that, and that was kill that was a dynamic that I didn't really... Like, I'd be interested to hear more about that backstory. Yeah. Like, like who in the cartel... You wouldn't expect the cartel to be like, all right, you guys can stay. Just shh. Right. I mean, so I'd be interested to know um, a little bit more about that. But that's basically the arrangement they have, is that the cartel um, allows this community to thrive on the island... And it's assumed gives them pot, too? No, they have to grow their own. Oh, they grew their own? Okay. Yep. So, grew their own. Yeah, they just kind of look the other way and let each other coexist. And it is like a community. Like, there's no... Like, Tilda Swinton is in charge, but, like, she's not... She just kind of is the last word. You know, everybody else kind of just does their own thing. They help each other out. They she, give I, each other lessons at the end. They all sleep in the same room together. She's the de facto leader, I yeah. think. It's not that she doesn't have any authority. It's like she... Well, I don't know, because you don't really get her backstory, like how she became the leader, do you? You don't get anything. You know, there's no backstory. Yeah, so... so Which is very... She's very... It's clear she's very intelligent, and she's very protective of the, the sanctity of the community. And that comes into play at the end when, when it's kind of like her true nature is revealed. And not even in like an ominous like, oh, she's evil. It's more just like human nature right. is kind of revealed. She's um, very calm under pressure. The biggest jerk is her boyfriend on the Aunt Bugs. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, but she like even when the guy was like, I have to go. I have to go see a dentist on the mainland. Right. She's like, no, I don't think that's what's going to happen right now. You know, and then they rip out his tooth. Yep. That's always a rough one for me to watch. Really? Sometimes, I guess not always, but like it's it's very hot or cold, very hit or miss. Like any sort of tooth thing is always like, oddly enough, the, well, the one in Castaway didn't bother me too much. Mm. This one was not good. There were a few in Blade where Stephen Dorff rips out like the elder vampire's fangs. Right. And th- just the noises were like, <laughs> was gross. But then... And I attribute this to the fact that I'd been warned about it so many times and heard about it. The curb stomping from American uh, History X, bad, but not as bad as I expected. It's the sound. The, the sound, sound of is, teeth yeah, the that. grinding is, yeah. it's, it's terrible. But I don't I was, even know how they did it. For some reason, like after hearing um, like everything I'd heard about that before I actually saw it, I was expecting like my eyeballs to actually explode and my ears too, <laughs> like when I actually saw that scene. There is a movie out there. It might be a movie or a TV show. I'm thinking it's some kind of, I'm thinking it's either like Taken or Homeland. It's a close-up shot of pliers going to incisors and then you see the incisor wiggling before they're able to fully rip it out. Ugh. And it's like a torture scene. Like a, they're torturing a subject for more information or whatnot. Was it the Tooth Fairy starring The Rock? No. No? <laughs> and Julie Andrews? <laughs> that was probably the worst tooth scene. Teeth and nails, fingernails. Like, do you remember Stir of Echoes when they just keep, kept showing the fingernail getting broken off because she's getting dragged across the floor? I remember 
District 9 when he starts turning into the prawn and mm-hmm. he, he pulls his fingernail off oh, and it comes out of nowhere and you're just like, Ugh. can't do it. For me, it's shins, the shin bone. Anytime, yeah. And especially like even in real life, like if, if I if I hear or like I remember my cousin had uh, an incident where he somehow like chopped himself with an axe in his shin bone and just like, like for some reason, the fact that that bone's like right up against the skin and there's nothing, no fat or muscle around it. It's just like, ugh. Was it blood sport that there was a compound fracture in the shin bone? If there was, I don't remember it. I think you would have too. Yeah. So no, so they rip out the guy's tooth. You don't really see it, but there's a fountain of blood that shoots out right after. Mm -hmm. That's a good effect. Tilda Swinton Sal is the de facto leader. Everybody sleeps in the same room. They have Swedish lessons at night where one woman asks for a phrase and then everybody has to tell her the phrase in a foreign language. It just seems like very, just a communal atmosphere that you could see you know when richard when leo DiCaprio gets there he kind of goes this is where i'm gonna stay and you kind of have to because they say you can't leave now well yeah it's not like he has a choice (laughs) right so in that instance it's kind of like would you be like comfortable at first like yeah i could get into this or would you be like no i I immediately i feel like i made a bad choice i would be suspicious if they told me i couldn't leave (laughs) i mean that's not something you want to hear i don't think right um I would definitely be, I I would probably be taken aback by like, okay, this probably isn't the worst place to get stranded, but why can't I leave? I feel like I'm just not hippie enough. Yeah, maybe. Um, So the problems then begin to develop when the infatuation with Francois takes over Mm. and he begins pursuing her and... I don't know if he begins pursuing her. Or if he just watches her to the point that everybody knows that he wants her. Is that what it is, you think? I think so, because he like walks over and he's like, it's never going to happen, mate. Because one, she's French. And two, he not only speaks French, three, he is French. <laughs> right. And just goes on like for seven reasons why uh, it's never going to work out between Francois and Richard. And so the, the big disruption here is sort of like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like, you know, you don't like covet another man's wife kind of thing. Is that what it was? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but is that why, is that why he got, is that why it was discouraged? Like, like that's what, that's what caused the disruption and like their harmony and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't or? seem like, I think Richard just causes the disruption in their harmony because he, you don't know anything about him at first, except that he's running from something. There's a reason why you go to Bangkok all alone, you know, right. type of thing. He doesn't really conform very well. And so they're kind of like, well, it's never going to happen, you know, but in the same instance, when Francois says, hey, do you want to go to the beach with me at night? And he goes, and then it seems like they become a couple. Everybody's cool with it. You know, Francois just goes from Etienne's bed to Richard's. So Etienne is sort of like this um, sympathetic character that it's clear he's a good guy Mm -hmm. for two reasons. Number one, because he, well, he's just introduced first as sort of like a good you know, like nice guy. Right. And then later when the one guy gets uh, attacked by the shark and starts to, um, moan through the night. Yeah. starts to, his leg starts to get gangrenous and stuff. And till, and this is when you start to see like, you know, the string get pulled and the calmness of their society is like, this guy gets beat, gets attacked by a shark. His leg gets destroyed and he's in so much pain that he's like moaning and screaming and stuff like that and Tilda Swinton is like this is really killing our vibe guys and so she 
puts him out in the woods, basically, mm-hmm. far, far away where they can't hear him. Doesn't kill him or doesn't, like, go to get him help. Just kind of, like, out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. And Etienne is the one who's like, we can't do that. We have to, somebody has to stay with him. And, and so he goes and stays out in the woods with him. Right. And that's when you kind of feel sympathy. Like, that's when I kind of felt like, oh, you know, DiCaprio is kind of a dick. Because this is, he's a nice guy. And he's, he's kind of getting shafted on all ends here. Right. Well, he gets Etienne back. Right. But that's, and again, that's through sort of like infidelity and such. Right. So basically what happens is this paradise, the seemingly seeming paradise on this island just turns to shit, really. Mm-hmm. And it all um, kind of comes crumbling down. Well, it's, it's funny too, because there's a lot of art imitating life and, and then life imitating art because the whole, the whole purpose of the beach is that you can't travel to somewhere because nobody's traveled to it before without ruining the place in in the first place. You know, like uh. um, the beach, you know, they say like untouched by tourists and whatnot. And then Richard's a tourist. And so he goes there and touches it and then pretty much ruins everything about it. Well, wouldn't the first person who went there be a tourist who yeah. somehow ended up there? Right. I mean, yeah, in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. But in the same instance, like they're the people that are there are hippies and living in a commune, you know, like type of thing. Like, I don't think you ever get the impression that uh leo dicaprio is going to set up shop in this commune you know like he's there but he's also he's a restless figure um when everybody's like oh yeah you know it's gonna rain and and uh and we might starve for a little bit because we can't see the fish richard's like ah screw that i'm gonna go out and and fish Uh and then you know kills a shark in the meantime oh right Um, oh yeah he killed the baby shark right sort of god my whole life flashed before my eyes Really, I had nothing left to offer except for pure reflex. Pure reflex. And mankind's basic drive for survival that somehow shouts, No! I will not die today! And at that instant, man, I knew it was either the shark or me. The shark knew it. I knew it. Oh, jeez, God... It's nothing personal, right? You know, it's just the way the world works, right? It's nature. But if I remember correctly, in that last glimmer of its eyes, there was a moment between us where he said, Hey, Richard, man, enjoy your dinner. But I mean, like, he's always somebody that goes against the grain. Uh-huh. And so, and, and the sad fact is when they found this beach, I think in Thailand, to shoot there, they took away all the dunes and a couple of the vegetation to make sure that they could film, like, a playing a soccer scene on the beach. Oh, really? And then, like, the next year, a tsunami hit. And because there was no dunes or anything to protect it, it just completely destroyed the beach. Oh, that that's terrible. Up. So the 20th Century Fox had to pay a, a huge amount to the the government of thailand for because the government of thailand sued him so they actually went to so this was actually filmed in thailand and Mm -hmm. wow i didn't know that that they destroyed i think it was like phuket or whatever raised a a beach to to film that's that's kind of shitty but yeah this is exactly what the movie's about (laughs) was it like the poltergeist curse kind of thing maybe maybe so the one thing we haven't gotten into is sort of DiCaprio's fall from grace because of the copy of the map that he gave the surfer guys mm-hmm. back at his bungalow or whatever. Right. So he 
I forget why he went back to the mainland with Tilda Swinton. Was it to get medicine? It was because there was a fungus in the rice. So they needed to go back. They only go back to the mainland for more rice. And then when two people go back for rice, everybody gives them a shopping list. Oh, that's right. That's most right. of the girls just say tampons. Tampons. <laughs> and, yeah, that's right. So, um, so him and Tilda Swinton, for some reason, she picks him to go. Is that because, she, do you think that's because she's kind of like. Because she had ulterior motives, kind of like Leo did with right. Francois. She was going to bang him. Right. She did. Um, I think she bangs everybody that she takes back to the See, end. that's the kind of thing that I got, like, was sort of, she was like this, um, I mean, she was kind of like the queen bee, and they were all, like, drones, and mm. she she just sort of, like, sexually um, captured them all right. at one point. Um, Possibly. So, she takes him back to the mainland, and they uh, spend the night there, they sleep together, they get all the supplies, and they come back, and then... That's when, or rather, when they're there, he bumps into the surfer guys again, right? And they're sort of, of like, hey, Richard, what's up, man? It's and the man with the map. Man with the map. And she hears that and her eyes get big and she's like, what the F? And right. Yeah. So she she realizes that, that something is up and then she confronts him about it and he's like, no, no, no. They, they, I don't know what they're talking about. All that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Well, he, he knows that she heard about the, ma- the map. So he becomes a dick to them and is like, there's no island. I search, you know, like, fuck off oh that's about right it. that's right that's right and so she was like okay well that was good but if this becomes a problem it's your problem you right know, type of thing so she yeah so she overhears this and then after that she sleeps with him right mm-hmm. okay she and says then, get the bed warm i'm gonna go play pool or something right like that. right that's right that was very specific too <laughs> um and then she they go back to the island and then that's when it comes out that um they slept together and i get the names confused francois finds out and she calls him a pig and and basically like denounces him and then do they condemn him to the woods or yeah it's kind of like a marooning yeah they exile him like out past the community to the woods and that's when it starts to turn into like lord of the flies kind of right <laughs> yeah he's marooned to the woods first because uh the surfers are on the beach they're you know looking to swim the 2000 oh that's right and he's got a kilometers they put him somebody sees the surfers on the beach and they have to um they put him out there as like a lookout and they're like if they get too close you deal with this right. kind of thing right and it's not like kill them like tilda uh, tilda swinnon's main thing is you need to get the map like, if they get caught with the cartel and have this map, we're in serious trouble. But it seems like if they make it to the beach, they will also be taken into the com- com- you know, the, mm-hmm. the community, which probably is not a bad thing because I feel like they would fit in more than the last three that arrived. True. You know? <laughs> so, do you think that, like, maybe that's why I expected more um, supernatural stuff is, like, once you get on this island, you can't leave. <laughs> and maybe that's why I expected more, like, you know, ghosts and creatures right. and all that kind of stuff. But um, do you think that's that's kind of the mo like did they ever mention people leaving the island i mean i guess daffy right? daffy did um did he escape or was he like allowed to leave no i think he escaped oh who knows i think they said that he escaped you know that he left um because he was going crazy but in the same instance the way that you see how they dealt with the swedish shark attack victim perhaps they marooned him to the woods because he was screaming all night which was also mentioned at the beginning of the film and i'm just spitballing here but you know he he likes to make noise in the middle of the night because he likes to drink too much and perhaps they went you have to go live in the woods and he went and lived in the woods and went ah screw it i'm out (laughs) and he just swam back right and then gave leo a map the surfer kids make it over yeah they make it over to the island but they don't make it past the cartel correct and the cartel ends up um killing them all right there were two guys and a girl or two guys two girls two guys two girls killing them all and then the cartel does find the map yep 
they capture Richard because right. they know that I mean they know that Richard is screwing with them, right. stealing their stuff and everything like that, and and being. Oh, that's right. Because when he goes, when he when they when they exile him, he becomes like this kind of like wilderness man. Like he starts like stalking wild boars and all that kind of stuff, and right. then he starts messing with them just like for the sake of messing with them. Like he'll right. he'll go and you know set up traps and stuff like that, and um, kind of like fashions himself as a Leonardo DiCaprio Rambo. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Sort of shades of the Revenant without mm-hmm. the um the bear sex or whatever that was um and he um it is funny this is like the prequel to the revenant it is it is uh it's like the revenant junior so he um yeah that's right so they capture him and then they the only thing i'm undecided on in this movie is the video game sequence what did you think about that oh that was um I thought that kind of took away from the movie. Yep. It reminded me of whatever that Red Hot Chili Peppers video was where they did that. And it was very... It didn't... I don't think it aged well, I guess, maybe. Mm. Um, I don't think it... What... I don't think it was conspired well. It, Even it just, in the movie theater, I was like, what is going on here? It was just out... Like, I get... It, he was supposed to be, like, on a trip when that happened, right? Or something? I, or he Going was crazy. Going the, crazy, yeah. And this is the one thing... Well, the book explains it better. But oh. in the book, he's obsessed with video games. Oh, okay. Um, which you don't really see in the movie. There's, like, one guy playing a Game Boy on the island who needs batteries. Okay. When he goes back to the mainland. But you never see Leo playing. Uh, Creedy makes a comment when he's talking about why Francois won't date Leo. And he's like, look at your thumbs, man. They're well-defined. You play a lot of video games. Um, and that's the only kind of uh, foreshadow that you'll get when he goes crazy. He's going to consider himself in a video See, game. See, I didn't even compare. I didn't even draw the comparison right. there. But the seeing the video game, it's like, I don't know. It's probably my least, far, least favorite part of the movie. Which it was... Um, I mean, it was kind of, it was a novelty, I guess. And yeah, it didn't really, it didn't ruin it for me, but it kind of was like just out of character for it's what I like thought Freddy's the dead when he puts on the Nintendo glove and then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like a weird hallucination scene. And, and I don't know, it just, it, it was kind of just meh, mm-hmm. like neither here nor there. But so then the, the culmination of the movie happens when they have to decide what to do with Leonardo DiCaprio because he's betrayed them and he's... Just um, fucking everything up. He just messed everything up. Sort of, like, in a way that... I almost felt bad for him because, like, he he drew the map, the copy of the map, Mm. before he went to the island. Right. So he didn't necessarily, like, do it maliciously. Like, hey, guys, come check this out. This is, you know, it's paradise. It was all just kind of, like, speculation and, like, yeah, sure, I'll share with these guys. Right. I'm a a nice guy. I'll share with these guys. And then he just ends up getting (laughs) fucked over it. Right. So that might be a little bit reading into it, but, I mean, I think that, like, if that was me, I'd be like, oh, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Right. Well, and that's the motive there, I feel, is kind of like telling somebody where you're going to be just for safety's sake. Oh, you know? yeah. Because he's going with two strangers to a beach that nobody's ever been. Like, he's kind of like, hey, guys, you're the only people that know that I'm in Thailand right now, you know, type of thing. Here's a map. I didn't think of that. But, yeah, I mean, I guess that could be that could be reasoned. So they set up this kind of like this like tribunal and Tilda Swinton sort of takes him in front of the entire community and she's going to kill him yep in front of everybody and in, the cartel. in front of them in the cartel right to show that she's like loyal to the cartel right or rather loyal to the arrangement that they've set up to show that she won't tolerate any more snitching or um <laughs> revealing of their existence right and she goes to shoot him and there's no bullets in the gun 
And that's kind of when it's like one of those things where like that's when her that's that's her fall from grace, because then you see the people in the community realize that she was actually going to kill him. Right. And then they're sort of like, wait a minute, is this lady like do like what's her deal? Like what's the what? Why are we following her? Why? She's not a good person. Right. Well, so, you think about like the hippie is like all peace, love and pot. You right. Know, like murder is not a part of that. You can't do it, Sal. Stop! Because if you pull that trigger, Sal, if you pull that trigger, it's all fucking over and you know it. Come on. Because this time, this time it's not like Christo rotting out in the woods when no one can see. It's not like the four people that I saw killed today. This time, everyone has to watch, Sal. Everyone has to see what it takes to keep our little paradise a secret. Come on, everyone watch! Everyone watch Sal do this! Yeah, go on, Sal, do it. Come on, come on, do it, yeah! Let him see the blood this time, huh? Huh? Let's see if they can take it. God! They can take it. So what did you, so like, what was your reaction when there was no bullets in the gun? Like, what did you, I think, or were you expecting that? No, I wasn't expecting it. I was kind of expecting her to miss, you know, because mm. he, Bugs is holding up a, him against the pole. Like, mm-hmm. I figured like she might hit the pole or she might hit Bugs and then she kills her boyfriend or whatnot. And then she has to shoot, you know, like intentionally or no, Oh, okay. just because I don't think Tilda Swinton <clears throat> has ever shot a gun before. Oh. I don't think the character Sal has, you know, type of thing. Okay. And so I was expecting, I wasn't expecting Leo to die, but I was expecting somebody to and that to ruin it. So I think like, and I think part of the reason why people might have been like, well, there wasn't too much of a climax to the movie is because nobody died. They put on a, a gun, you know, like on, they say if you reveal a gun on screen or in stage, on the stage, you have to use it because it's such a big item, you know? Use it or kill someone with it? Use it, at least shoot it, you okay, know, like sure, type of thing. Um, and to have a gun be presented in this in this fashion and, and Richard is running around telling people like, she's going to shoot me, everybody watch because, you know, well, first he's like, save me and then he's like no everybody watch because this is going to be the end of paradise and everything like that Uh and then the fact that she pulls the trigger and it's just a click and then everybody just kind of leaves you Uh know type of thing and goes i don't want to be a part of this it reminded me did you did we have this conversation where it reminded me like um the part where everyone leaves and kind of like it's the part where they unsubscribe to her bullshit kind of (laughs) reminded me of uh training day okay when he's yeah. like, somebody pop this fool, and they're all like, no, nah, we're not like you. you right. know, I'm not like you. We're not like you. And they all just leave him there to either die or get arrested or whatever. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. And, and if, I feel like I had that conversation with somebody, but I don't know who else it possibly would have been. With the beach? Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Maybe, maybe, maybe I read it in one of the... No, it wouldn't have been lady. in one of the reviews, because that came out like <laughs> 10 years later. Um, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot. And that's... I mean, this isn't training day, but I feel like this last communal was very reminiscent of the deer hunter okay Have, did you ever see that a long time ago um so christopher walken and robert de niro at the end are playing russian, russian roulette, roulette yep and you don't want that gun to go off mm-hmm. you know like you don't want either of them to die and i feel like it's kind of either the writer garland or danny boyle like looked at them and went no i don't want anybody to die you know so then mm-hmm. they put in the scene of the gun not killing anybody hmm. so then we end the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio off the island mm-hmm. in a Internet. early 2000s cyber cafe, <laughs> which was awesome. 
Which I'm sure like everybody thought those weren't going to go away. (laughs) Yeah, no, they don't have those too much anymore, do they? I mean, remember when we got so excited because OU supplied computers in our dorm room? (laughs) Yeah, I do. Um, So fancy. And now like uh, middle school students are getting their own computers. I remember the um, dude elementary school kids (laughs) that have their own computers. They have uh, iPads and Chromebooks Chromebooks and stuff. (laughs) At freshman year, we had one computer for three people and it was like, who's going to leave last so they can leave their OA message up the longest during the day? It's like, (laughs) oh. Oh, God, we were such pricks. So anyway, he's in this cyber cafe and he checks his email and he gets an email from Francois with a picture that had been taken of the whole community. Mm-hmm. And he kind of like smiles at it and that's basically the end of the movie. Right? Yep. And as for the rest of us, we carried away our sins and made our way back to wherever it was that we called home to pick up the pieces of whatever was waiting. you can never forget what you've done but we adapt we carry on and me I still believe in paradise but now at least I know it's not some place you can look for because it's not where you go It's how you feel for a moment in your life when you're a part of something. And if you find that moment, it lasts forever. I could see where that kind of, like, neatly wrapped ending Mm. lost some people right because it was it well it was just that it was neatly wrapped and like he's smiling and oh happily ever after and stuff like that but there but you're it's still fresh in your mind all the shit that just went on right you know like let's not forget on this island that the guy got attacked by a shark and lost his leg whatever there's a drug cartel on the island tilda swinton was about to execute him to keep the peace (laughs) but at the end, he's in a cyber cafe smiling at his computer. Mm. So that was kind of... Is that how the book ends? I don't remember. Okay, so... Um, I know there was a lot of differences between the book and the movie. So that might have been kind of just like too, too neatly neatly wrapped um, to kind of give the movie, you know, the, the thinker quality that I was kind of <laughs> expecting once I got more into it. Still a good movie that... I mean, like Lord of the Flies and like those other movies that kind of talk about, you know, primal human nature and what happens when you're left to your own devices and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Like that was definitely examined in a way that I'd never kind of seen it before. Right. Because this community was, you know, they existed and they were peaceful and it didn't turn, like usually in those movies or those stories, it turns to just outright mayhem and kind of everybody dies. Mm -hmm. This was sort of just like a taste of that. It was very much like toe in the water. And I thought that was cool. I thought that it was cool to not just go right for it, to make it much more subtle. To be all Hollywood about it. I thought that was pretty cool. So I I got an answer to your question. The ending is different from the books. Oh, okay. Which had Richard, Francois, Etienne, Kitty, and Jed attempting to escape from the now crumbling community. In the book's epilogue, after their successful escape, they move on to their respective lives. Richard loses touch with Etienne and Francois, yet finds it hard to be totally freed of the effects of his experiences in that parallel universe. And see that, okay, so parallel universe 
literal or figurative? Figurative. Okay, so that's part of what I was expecting too, was like a, a parallel universe kind of hallucination sort of thing <laughs> where the island or the beach was like a, like it wasn't, it ended up not being real and it was like a did he or didn't he kind of right. thing. And that's another reason why the ending of him smiling at the computer and getting the picture kind of didn't sit right was because he just went through like an extensive period of like trauma, Mm. you know, from being chased by cartels, captured, um, you know, swimming with sharks, being almost executed. And do we ever find out how old he is? Is it like, I assume he's like 15, 16 ish. Really? Yeah, no. Richard? Yeah, no. I was like a mid-20s. Oh, really? Yeah. He looked young to me. I kind of thought he was like maybe... Well, Leo DiCaprio always looks young. I guess, yeah. But I kind of <laughs> assumed it was like a 18 Oh, no. Oh, okay. No, maybe not. Well, anyway, maybe I'm wrong. So, so all the trauma that he's just faced kind of disappears in this cyber cafe in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the last line of the book you just read? Uh, Richard never receives an email from Francois with a picture after their farewell. Oh, so, so that's, that's a lot different. <laughs> right. Um, but the thing is, and why the movie messes me up so much is because... I somewhat subscribe to the Buddhist philosophy okay. of kind of live in the moment. There is no past. There is no present. You know, like uh-huh. everything is where you're at right now. Uh-huh. And so what, and that's pretty much what everybody is doing in this. Like everybody, nobody talks about the past in the movie. There's no, oh, I'm Richard. I was a middle-class kid from right. Idaho and I just had to escape. You know, like you don't know anything about anybody's backstory. They almost go, they almost go to like painful lengths to make that like a device in the movie. They're like, right. like they, they overtly say that's all you need to know and that's there's no background and all that kind and of stuff. anything that is like brought up is richard saying like when francois is taking pictures of the stars he's like do you know in a parallel universe somewhere out there there's another francois taking pictures back at the earth like you guys are just taking pictures of each other like that's in the moment even mm-hmm. though he's talking about alter you know alternate universes and time travel and everything like that like mm-hmm. everything is enjoy the moment for what it is right now and then at the end when he's looking at the picture and he's smiles and you can see him reminiscing and and thinking back where like the beach was perfect and they're all a happy community in that picture and he had francois you know and mm-hmm. they were making out amongst fish or shrimp that were phosph- phosphorescent bioluminescent <laughs> phosphorescent You're i don't know ex- with big words my no <laughs> i don't know what the exact difference is but bioluminescence is like the ability of like living organisms to glow and and create chemical reactions that produce light I don't know if phosphorescence, like I think wicked is smart. Uh, with like wicked smart. I think phosphorescence is the phosphorescence has to do more with the chemical description of that ability, I think. Well, anyway, so he, so he had like this great life going on at the beach and then it all went to shit and he had to escape it and he did. And now he's in some cyber cafe somewhere in the world and all he has is his memory, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you can kind of see that he, he's very happy that he got an email from Francois, but he's also kind of sad mm-hmm. that he doesn't have that anymore and he's back to being a tourist in the real world in a cyber cafe. And so like that last emotion kind of like at the end of law abiding citizen with Jane, you know, like with Jamie Foxx and they're going in. Oh yeah. It's kind of like, that's what it leaves you with of just, Oh, you know, yeah. like you can't, you can't have it all. Right. But you can remember that you once did. That's true. That's mildly depressing, but, <laughs> but also not um, inaccurate. Do we have any critical reviews from this one? No, like I said, it was all, I mean, there was nothing that really stood out. It was everybody saying, Either the fact that they didn't like the fact that there was no moral that was kind of shoved down your throat or no, nobody died at the end. Everybody mm-hmm. was just saying that the, the book was better. And a lot of people insisted on comparing it to at least the 
impact of Titanic. Like, oh, yeah. this was a a dud because it didn't, it wasn't Titanic right. almost, which I thought was. I mean, I I have seen Titanic. I don't remember when I saw it. Don't think I saw it in the theater. I think I actually might have seen it on an airplane, to be honest. <laughs> and um, just remember kind of being like, hmm, yeah. I liked the Titanic. The Titanic. I liked Titanic. Not be. I didn't like the ending at all. And I there was like a tweet that I read recently that said like, who is actually the villain of the story when they're hailed as the hero? And they made it the old lady in Titanic, or they made it Rose from Titanic. Oh, because she just dicks him around for so long and then and throws the stone in yeah. the ocean. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. That pretty much like she had like there's three guys that would do anything for her in the movie mm-hmm. and pretty much she leaves one, she lets the other die and then she throws the only thing the guy really wants is the hope diamond and she right. throws it into the ocean. She's like um Jenny from uh Forrest Gump. Yeah. That way. Do you think that Leonardo DiCaprio died in Titanic, sank to the bottom of the ocean, and washed up on the beach? I think it's a good philosophy. Do you think that's a good theory? (laughs) That he's actually Jack? It could be. I mean, maybe maybe that's what happened. The critics and audiences disagree greatly. Like, it's got 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. With the critics, um, it goes up to 57%. And then Metacritic is 43% with the with the critics. And it goes up to 81% with the audience. So, See, I mean, like, yeah, I feel like this is one that, um, like, it sounds like you saw this at a specific point in your life where you were kind of in need of a movie like this. Well, to, to point of fact, so... Obviously, marriage troubles and whatnot. I get a good check, a generous check for Christmas. And my first thought is, I'm going to run away. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I'm just going to escape. I'm going to go to a country I've never been before, and I'm just going to drink snake blood and, you know, do whatever. Uh-huh. And I think it was the same thing, because this is February of 2000. Probably I saw it in March. Uh-huh. So we're three months away from graduating high school. Uh-huh. You know, it's kind of one of those like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go to college. I don't want to be an adult. Like, I'm just going to go. <laughs> like, I'm just going to run away. Ha- yeah, when we thought going to college was being an adult. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> Idiots. I seem to always go back to this movie when it's kind of like, maybe I should escape. <laughs> you know, type thing. I can see that. This, You know what? Okay, here's, and this might be a good thing to end on. Did you ever see the movie Into the Wild? Yes. The Jack Kerouac story? No. I can't remember the kid's name, but it was Emil Hirsch. It was basically about the, the story about the kid who like leaves his family, sells all his belongings, and goes to find himself or whatever bullshit and ends up dying because he eats some poison berries or something like that. It got... So it's like Hunger Games, but one kid. <laughs> right, right. It got... There was a book, and the book got um, very favorable reviews. The movie also got favorable reviews. That might be my least favorite movie of all time. It was just like a testament to... And maybe I watched it wrong or something, but it was just a spoiled punk kid abandoning his family who throughout the movie is worried about him. And he, he barely bothers to like, yeah, I'm okay. He's got a little sister, which hit me hard because it's like he just leaves her and she is worried about him and stuff like that. And he goes again on this quest to like find himself and mm. just garbage. That movie I did not enjoy. Whereas this movie had the same kind of vibe behind it where it was like, you know, exploring and trying to, you know, figure out what you're all about and that kind of stuff. But this one was a lot more engaging and a lot less infuriating, I guess. Right. Well, they don't tell you his backstory. So. No. And I thought that was cool. Like this kid. The kid in Into the Wild, I, I think he like, you know, he sold his car or, and then gave all the money away. And it was just like, yeah, man, I don't need material things and blah, blah, blah. And it's just the whole time I was just like, shut the fuck up. 
<laughs> but this this one resonated a lot better. So yeah, and they the critics also hail the cinematography of this one. Yeah, and I find like oh that's another thing because <laughs> in Into the Wild people were like really really psyched about the cinematography and like oh it's so beautiful and blah blah blah. Find me someone who can't shoot a beautiful movie of Alaska. <laughs> Like, honestly, like that's, and that's, it, it wasn't anything, um, like it wasn't bad, but it, it didn't strike me as like, wow, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And the whole time I'm thinking like, find me someone who can't take a bad picture of the Rocky Mountains, <laughs> you know, like, or find me someone who can take a bad picture of the Rocky Mountains, I guess. So oh, it was uh, Vince Vaughn in that movie too. He was, yeah. He played like a, like a farmer or something. And I don't remember much more about it, just that I watched it and I was like, that sucked. <laughs> So the other thing I like about this movie, but mm-hmm. I really like paradise movies that have blood like on the white sand. Like you ever see the ruins? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. So a movie like that kind of reminds me of this where you're like, "Oh man, paradise and blood and the shallows is another one." Was that the shark one? Yeah, with uh Blake yeah, yeah, Lively, yeah. Mm-hmm. like just a beautiful movie to watch with a little bit of terror in it. So like the notion of you know, paradise not being all it's cracked up to be kind mm-hmm. of thing. And really, you will die if you yeah. go there. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Considering we just booked our honeymoon cruise to Mayan ruins and, and Honduras and Belize. So well, that'll be fun. Well, then we should do the ruins right before you guys go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be fun. I mean, just don't climb the Just don't climb the temple. And, and fuck with the vines. And the vines that can imitate cell phones. <laughs> so... All right, final thoughts. I love this movie. I encourage everyone to go watch it, and then when the uh, when the video game scene comes on, go. <sighs> Is this your Street Fighter? This might be my Street Fighter. That's fair, and I'm glad that we finally got to do it. Then I did. I remember when we were talking about this podcast. I was like, "Oh my gosh, the beach! We got to do the beach." I remember, and we're we're almost 20 episodes in, and I think that that it's glad we found your Street Fighter. <laughs> well, I'm very, you know, I'm Buddhist. I live in the moment, so I just right. waited patiently, right, <laughs> for this day in your basement. All right, yeah, this is the first time we're recording from the basement too, so we'll see if it sounds any better. Um, <laughs> so uh, before we go. Um, Check us out on Twitter if you want to recommend movies or see if I've tweeted yet. And um, I forget if we brought this up last time, but do we say it wasn't that bad anymore or if we kind of evolved from that? No, I think you almost forgot it. Oh, I did? That's the one thing that we're doing. We moved away from not revealing the movie at the beginning Mm -hmm. because they're clicking on the movie's title. And the poster. Right. And Mm -hmm. so we realized, eh, probably. I think there might come a point where we evolve past it's not that bad because I'm thinking that there's a lot to unpack here is a bit more appropriate for for what we've done here. Or maybe the, maybe it's a combination of both. That's like the beginning thing. Oh, like a beginning. Well, we didn't say at the beginning of this one. So. Right. Yeah, no. And I was also thinking like an outro music or something like that. Do, do, do. Thanks. Thanks for stopping by. We can debate this um, over text and get back to you in the next episode. But for the for the moment, we're going for the moment, living in the moment. We're going to keep with the with the present format, and that is to say that the beach, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Tilda Swinton. Um, I keep about to say the phrase because I think that's where you're going. Yeah. And you keep yeah, yeah. more like names. Well, I just wanted to give it a good build up. The beach, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Tilda Swinton. And a shark and some snakes and a bunch, of hippies. A, a bunch of hippies and a daffy old bastard from Scotland. I think we can both agree that it wasn't, wasn't that bad. bad. We will see you next time here on uh, Second Chance Cinema. Thank you very much for joining us. Ciao. In my dreams, I'm
The Beach was produced by Andrew McDonald. It was distributed by 20th Century Fox. Second Chance Cinema is a fan of the film and urges you to check it out. Closing credits music is from the film's soundtrack, Porcelain by Moby. Thank you for listening to this episode of Second Chance Cinema. If you have any comments, questions, corrections, or would like to recommend a movie for a future show, you could reach us at 2ndchancecinema at gmail.com. That's 2ndchancecinema at gmail.com. We have a Second Chance Cinema Facebook group. You can find us on Twitter at MCNSpro or check us out on Instagram at 2ndchancecinema. To help our little show out, please tell your friends about us, leave a review wherever you listen, and be sure to subscribe and download each episode you listen to, as those simple steps makes us much more visible in the universe, which makes these fine secret cinematic masterpieces more visible. And isn't that really the whole point? Now go on, and have a beautiful day, you wonderful person, you. And if you find somewhere that nobody else has ever been, well, you've just been there, and you've ruined it. Enjoy your day. Bye.